live from the Coachella Valley. Time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And welcome, and welcome to the Culture Corner. Um, Uh-oh. Um, okay. Go ahead. I was dubbed, <laughs> dubbed there for a second. Okay. Um, welcome to the Culture Corner. We, we're back live. We had a little respite last week. I had a little two-day drive down to San Diego with my sweetie and back and see the water and see some friends. It was great just to get away. And how are you doing, Mr. Brian? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just, I just had a week off to relax a little bit, but otherwise I've been good just reading here and there. Okay. Good for you. So I want to uh, talk... I'm going to talk about something I did last night. Just do a shout out to Oscars. Dan Gore at Oscars, who owns it. Uh, once a month, the first Thursday of every month, uh, started back in uh, April, um, he has br- is bringing out, has brought out Michael Orland, who's the piano player for American Idol, who's fabulous. And he comes out and plays for an open mic, a very special open mic at Oscars. And you have to sign, you have to buy tickets and sign up. So I went last night and it was great fun. He's wonderful. A lot of friends of mine, there are probably 15 singers, something like that, I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, some really great people. And Kristen Chenoweth happened to show up to her about halfway through the evening with her boyfriend and she got up and did uh, Desperado. Her boyfriend plays guitar. It was wonderful. And then at the end of the night she did Smile with uh, Michael Orland. But it was it was great fun. It was wonderful to sing with such a you know phenomenal pianist. And Kristen Chenoweth was great. Very gracious. Took pictures with everyone at the end and chatted. It was really lovely. And so this is going to, I don't know how long it's going to last, but and definitely it's the first Thursday of every month. My, so if you're interested, you want to go on the Oscars website and check it out because tickets go fast. As soon as they start selling tickets, they go really fast. Um, but thank you. I want to say thank you to Dan Gore and to Michael Orland and Kristen Chenoweth for being so charming. And my friend Siobhan Velarde, I sat with her. She was the, sort of the opening singer. It was great fun. Anyway. You know, I've always liked Kristen Chenoweth a lot. Like I saw, I actually watched all of Wicked. Like mm-hmm. I actually watched a bunch of clips from it. And I also uh, heard a lot of the songs. And what I like about her singing is that there's a lot of character there. There's mm-hmm. like so much personality. And surprisingly, I always thought she was a little underrated because honestly, I, I've seen too many programs where she has a guest star in mm-hmm. guest star role in it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like she's someone that should be the lead in things more often than not. I don't mm-hmm. know if you feel the same way about her. She, I think she's fabulous. I mean, and she was, you know, and I've heard her, she's got quite a range. I mean, she can get very high, but she, uh, last night she did Desperata, she was down in her lower range and just really, pu- what we were just talking about, very pure, around sound, not a lot of ah, vibrato and all that stuff, which I, I mean, just a really great sound. And then she did Smile, closed out the night with Smile with Marco playing. It was just fabulous. Just really good. Did you do anything from Wicked or no? No. No. Just uh, did those two to- two songs. Okay. That's what I was, I, I'm not surprised that she doesn't do Wicked that much because I imagine popular gets She's probably dumb. a little tired of singing <laughs> some of that stuff. Yeah. And she just kind of popped in as a, as a friend of Michael Orle. And of course, my, the first month they did it, uh, David Foster and Catherine McPhee showed up. Um, I don't know who showed up last month. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, so he's always has, he knows everybody. So he has fame. So she just kind of popped in as a guest and, they, you know, he brought her up and she just did two songs. And she, you know, she didn't want to be the total focus of the whole night because it was supposed to be an open mic. But it was great for her to come. And very gracious to everybody. 
I imagine, and you should tell people about that photo you took with her and how you had you yeah, posted on, it on Facebook. on Facebook. <laughs> so at the end, everybody was crowded around trying to get pictures, and so I can't do selfies. I'm terrible. So somebody grabbed the phone from me the last second. I did a picture, and, and uh, so it's me and Kristen, and in the background you see Michael Orland. But the picture of me, the angle was so bad. <laughs> I said to a friend of mine, I look like a, thank- a Macy's Thanksgiving parade balloon. I did. It just I was just looked really bloated, so I cut myself out of the picture because <laughs> it was bad of me. It's great, great of Kristen, um, but. I come myself it just was not good it's so. like one of those things you look great Kristen but I, I gotta no. remove I myself I had to cut myself bit. out I just <laughs> yeah I couldn't do it I, I was just saying that Eric one of the you want to get a, a woman mad especially a performer put a bad picture of them on Facebook and you're gonna have a problem so yeah I couldn't do it I mean that that's fair I, I've had that before where somebody I, I have a friend who's sort of like a wants to be an actor and somebody put a picture a bad picture of them online and they say please take that photo out yeah exactly yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to have a respectable career right you just because once it's out there it's like you know floating around no you don't want that that's true but hey why don't we move on to some news news okay it's hey it's pride month so why not go ahead and discuss something specifically to pride ricky martin actually did an inner went ahead and did an interview and he actually took uh, talked about um, the fact that he felt a certain kind of way about Barbara. Uh, I was gonna say Barbara Streisand, mm-hmm. but Barbara Walters. And wasn't it like twenty years ago? It was yes, a while ago. Yeah, twenty-one that years interview. ago. Yeah. So in the year two thousand, this was before he came out of the closet, mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where, let's be honest, everyone had a everyone well, sort of yeah, kind of new sort of yeah, it speculated, yeah. and he said that pretty much. He felt violated. That yeah. was his term. That he felt like she went pestered pushed, him a little too, too much. much. Yeah. And specifically, the uh, the question was, I think something along the lines of, according to today, they did an the interview was about kind of like you could stop these rumors. You could say, as many others have, yes, I am gay, or you could say, no, I'm not, or you could leave it as you are ambiguous. At the what t- did he say? I don't remember. What did he say? And I think that he said, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. And that, and that he has a right to say that. I yeah. agree. And he actually went on to say in this interview, now that he's 49, he's like, when she dropped the question, I felt violated because I was just not ready to come out. I was very afraid. And mm-hmm. it was, he said this to People Magazine on their cover interview for their 20, uh, uh, 2021 Pride issue. And he felt like there was some little PTSD with it. And he went on to say, a lot of people would say, what would you do differently? And they added, well, maybe I would have come out in that interview. It would have been great because when I came out, it felt amazing when it comes to my sexuality, when it comes to who I I am. I want to talk about what I'm made of, about everything that I am, because if you hide it, it's a life or death situation. And that's a lot to take in, honestly. I, I definitely would say it's a lot to take in. Yeah, I, I, and I think, I mean, of course, Barbara's, Barbara, yeah, I wanted to say it straight, Walters um, had her own style and did have a reputation for kind of getting a little personal. and get. But I think that, yeah, I he, has a, he had a right. He, everyone has a right to their own privacy and to make those kinds of decisions and those kinds of announcements when it's comfortable for them. So No, yeah. I agree with that. And I also feel like in general, when, when too much of the conversation focuses on someone's sexuality, I kind of feel like we lose out on who someone's cares? person. You know? I mean, who, I mean I it's care. not my business. I don't, who cares? No, you know? I agree with that. And I think that it's also one of those things where 
I guess for me, like, I, I do kind of care in a way, but I also feel like it's one of those things where I just kind of would encourage people to, I don't know how to put it, but like not to make it to the big issue. Like I feel it like shouldn't Rick, be. And yeah. I feel like Ricky Martin, everyone made such a deal about him being possibly gay that no one really paid attention to his music and career. He's a very talented guy. Yeah. And I think personally, like that it's one of those things where his music career I think gets sort of pushed to the side because like I, I can't even recall another song like other than Living uh, La Vida Loca Viven La Vida Loca mm-hmm. and I feel like it that became part of the problem where everyone focused on one thing and once he said you know I am gay move on mm-hmm. everyone's like okay we will we'll move on to something yeah, it's else like, uh, yeah people make it a bigger deal than it should be I mean what should really matter is your art and what the what you know your work and and i you know again i don't i don't care as long as you're not <laughs> as long as you're not doing anything illegal as long as you're not abusing children you know and if you're into animals i don't want to know but i mean it's nobody's <laughs> business it's really nobody's business what you do in the bedroom it's not no it's true and i i personally think that another aspect of this is that i think there are artists out there that have what i like to call gay art and non-gay art like artists who are in the lgbt community that have like queer or gay art specifically it's like you know geared towards the the gay community yeah like lady gaga has songs like born this way where if you're gay you You relate to that you relate to it more Mm -hmm. or like little nas x with a song call me by your name that song specifically is written for gay black men and Mm -hmm. that's completely it's completely great to talk about their sexuality in that mm-hmm. context because they want you to talk about right. it. And that's their choice. But yeah. in, the, in the case of Ricky Martin, I think he made a very conscious decision to not make songs like v- v- Living La Vida Loca with the mindset that it's gay art. It's mm-hmm. just art that for you everybody wanna... that, that's fun and danceable and everyone can enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there's a point where I think that I do care about the sexuality when it comes to specific, like, their gay art. But when it comes to their non-gay art, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Yeah. And I, I find, and to be honest with you, like, I think Ricky Martin has certainly gotten a lot more respectability now. Like, I've noticed that people are looking back at his career and saying, you know what, he actually had some pretty good music. And he is... he's often considered a pioneer of like the Latin revolution or Mm -hmm. the Latin takeover after Selena. Is he, uh, has he done much lately? Is he kind of semi-retired? I know he has two kids, right? Two boys. Is he doing much these days? I haven't heard that much about him. I think that for the most part, from what I've gathered is that he has done a few things here and there. Like I'm trying to remember that he did do a, a show. He actually, when I think in some, he's acted in, things but i'm also trying to remember very specifically that he did i think he might have done evita he did evita really yes a live stage production somewhere yeah he actually i think that he was playing shay okay and he actually did some previews and he himself received mixed reviews because i i think the part of shay in evita is very difficult to pull off and i think in some ways maybe he might have bitten more than he could chew that's a that's a challenging role yeah a very yeah. challenging role in my opinion and yeah. i think that when i go and watch uh, when i want when i listen to his, the soundtrack with him in it i thought you know he's good in it but i think that people like mandy 
I, I always forget who Patin- did Patinkin. Patinkin. He was, yeah, he was phenomenal. And yeah. Antonio Banderas. They yeah. did this sort of like very powerful act. It's a very powerful performance because you have to put in a lot of anger and resentment, but also like a mocking turn to, uh, yeah. towards Evita because you yeah. have to make because yeah. you have to play somebody who is angry, is sad. But also, kind of, it's a range. You get, a it's range. a range of, and I don't think people think of uh, Ricky Martin necessarily as an actor so much, more just a singer. I think. Yeah, and I also feel like, in a lot of ways, like Ricky Martin is defined a lot by um, who he is specifically, like as a as a Puerto Rican, because I feel like a lot of times they'll put him in stuff that's very specific towards the Latinx community or mm-hmm. Latino community. Like Evita is about Latin America. So of course they're gonna do that, and as opposed to, let's uh, and he was on General Hospital as a Puerto Rican singer. He's mm-hmm. also done, he's also played Antonio de Amico on the assassination of G- uh, Gianni Versace, Versace. Okay. Versace on American Crime Story, and he actually got nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a limited series. Oh, good for him! Good for him! So I'm really happy about that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right. We're going to come back with... we got lots of entertainment news today. We'll be back in just a bit on The Culture Corner. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. We got a couple celebrity deaths to talk about this week. Yeah, uh, more seven. than one. More yeah. than one. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about someone who actually was a member of our community, Gavin McLeod, who yeah. was who played the captain on the hit TV show The Love Boat and was on the Mary Tyler, Tyler Moore, Moore show. Yeah. Now, I, you know, even though I never personally met him, and it's funny because, like, I was at Barnes & Noble, and apparently someone told me, oh, he's here. And I'm like, where is he? Oh, he just left. I'm like, then why'd you say he was here? Yeah. <laughs> that I, I wanted to meet him because yeah. I actually liked him as Murray Slaughter on uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. And you know what? Like, The Love Boat wasn't my favorite show, but mm. I think he gave that show a lot of dignity and yes. respect yes ability that i couldn't that wouldn't no have had otherwise yeah certainly and yeah. have you ever met him and you know I, I i know a lot of my theater friends actually worked with him because he did so, a lot of local stuff i'm trying i think i might have been introduced to him once in passing but i didn't know him i was not i envy some of my theater friends in town who did know him well but everybody loved him i don't know anyone that's ever said anything a bad word about him so he's been 90 years old that's a good life but yeah he did he did a nice he did some nice contributions to the valley so we you know we um 
Thank you, Gavin, for that. Oh, yeah, certainly. And I also wanted to say that he was nominated for three Golden Globes, specifically for playing the captain on The Love Boat. Mm -hmm. And he actually had two nominations for Golden Globes for um, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. So Mm -hmm. for the most part, I think that he... Funny enough, I think being on those shows won him a lot of respectability, too. And I think... It's one of those things where, like, I think because every we're so focused a lot on Mary Tyler Moore on the Mary Tyler Moore show, or Ernest Borgnine, that we forget that Gavin McLeod was a big part of its success. Like, he's yeah. very, I, I think he had a presence on there where he never took up more than he yeah. needed. Did you mean to say Ed Asner? Ed I think Asner, you just said yeah. Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, okay. Oh, Ed Asner. My bad. Because I was, <laughs> was going to say, I was, like, was Ernest Borgnine on there? Okay. Because <laughs> funny enough, he actually, uh, Gavin McLeod and Ernest Borgnine did star on it's something called something together. McHale's Navy. McHale's Navy. Oh, McHale's Navy. Yes, 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 yes. Gosh, I don't remember Gavin McLeod. I was, you know, a kid. I I've only saw that a couple of times. I didn't realize Gavin McLeod was in that. Okay. So maybe that's what happened. Okay. Like, But I was going to say, I liked. I liked all his performances in those shows and all that, and I think that we tend to underestimate how qu- the quality of actors like Gavin McCloud because they show up on the sidelines, kind of sidelines, yeah. but mm-hmm. they take up more uh, less than I, they take up as much as they need for their part because I think in the in the Love Boat, him playing the captain, it never felt like the Gavin McCloud show. It felt like a an ensemble piece. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about that show was the ensemble feeling to it. But, yeah. And I would even say, even though I said earlier it wasn't one of my favorite shows, it's more because, like, you know, it's easy to make fun of. I feel bad saying that. Yeah, I mean, that it's was a little fun. cheesy. It was a little bit cheesy, yes. But, but fun and entertaining at the same time. Yeah, Certainly. Yeah. And you'll be missed, Gavin yeah, McCloud. Yes, thank you for all your work. And B.J. Thomas. B.J. Thomas. Now Sad. He, he won a Grammy. Uh, he was a Grammy-winning artist, and he's most famous for the hit song. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Yes. Yeah. And that actually came out in uh, the movie Budge Cassidy and the Sundance yep. Kid, mm-hmm. where it won Best Original Song at the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I personally, I've always loved that song. And mm-hmm. for me, like... Uh, I just think that he's one of those underrated yeah. artists yes. because like he's also made hooked on a feeling mm-hmm. and hey won't you play another somebody done somebody, somebody wrong, wrong song. song yeah that these are good songs and I think that certainly I think that he's one of those people that we need to give him more credit for his contributions to mm. music. And certainly. I think I think he had lung cancer. Seventy-eight. That's you know that's too young actually. I believe it, it, I believe it was stage four lung cancer, yeah, and he yeah. was being treated, and he died nine weeks later after he announced it at his home. So at yeah. least hopefully he might have had a very peaceful way to yeah, go. Sad. Yeah. I hope so. But thank you for BJ for your contributions. Yeah. And the other two people I don't know as well, so I'll let you. I'll let you talk. <laughs> so the next uh, two people, one uh, we'll start with John Davis. Now John Davis, you don't know the name, but you know Millie Vanilli. Vanilli. Yeah. So everybody knows the scandal where Millie Vanilli didn't really sing their songs. Mm-hmm. Well, John Davis was one of the singers the, and one the real voices behind them. Yeah. Yeah, and he had recently died of COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. and the one thing. That was very tragic about him, but he never took it as badly as other people might have, is that he 
was never at the forefront of Millie Vanilli. And when he was found out, hit when he actually did the real Millie Vanilli with himself as the cover mm-hmm. person, it, he flopped. Yeah. But he still toured with the other with the guy who was pretending to be his singing voice. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I think that he's still a very great singer. Mm-hmm. It's just that I wish that his career wasn't defined by, by that, that scandal. By that, yeah. So I think he contributed a lot to popular music, yeah. but behind the scenes. So again, thank you for that. The, one of them passed away. The many, yeah, many, Rob, did they both? No, just one, I think. One of them did. Yeah. I think it was Rob Pilatus. Yeah, okay. yeah Rob Pilatus passed away a long time ago, and that yeah. was tragic. Yeah. But one more person, Samuel E. Wright, who was the voice of Sebastian in The Little Mermaid and the original Mufasa on The Lion King Broadway. Now, that was a man with a great singing voice who really captured the imaginations of children, whether on stage yeah. or on screen. Yeah. Nice variety of folks. Thank you all. Rest in peace. Thank you for your contributions. All right. We'll be back with more on the Culture Corner in a bit. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back and want to talk about something uh, interesting, little showbiz news. Uh, Carol Channing... Uh, her uh, many of her items will be auctioned off costumes and that kind of thing will be auctioned off um, on June 17th according to Abel Abel auction company the auction will be held exclusively online a portion of the profits will go to Channing's favorite charities Broadway Cares and Equity Fights AIDS along with Bennington College where she attended briefly Uh, Channing died in 2019 of natural causes in Rancho Mirage she was 97 uh, she got a Tony Award in 1964 for her lead role in the musical Hello, Dolly. In 1968, Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress in Thoroughly Modern Millie. Uh, other items uh, to be auctioned off include various photographs and artwork. The tiara she wore in the production of Gentlemen, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. She got her start in the 1949 Broadway play, which gave her a lifelong theme song, Diamonds Your Girl's Best Friend. This is what jumped out at me. Channing was perhaps best known for starring in more than 5,000 performances of Hello, Dolly! on Broadway and elsewhere as 1890s matchmaker Dolly Levi. I mean, I'm a stage actress. I cannot imagine doing it. I mean, obviously, (laughs) it was over a long period of time, but 5,000 performances of the same role. Same character and all that. Yeah. She was, I think she was really dedicated to the role of Dolly. I think if there was an argument to be made, I think that was her favorite character. Yeah, I would probably say that. And the show, by the way, was based on Thornton Wilder's uh, The Matchmaker, which opened in 1964. Uh, For more information about the auction, you can go to www.abel, I guess, A-B-E-L-L, dot com um 
But yeah, some uh, interesting. <laughs> you yeah. know what? I would actually, if I if I had the money, I think I would want to buy her outfit from <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. If you have ever seen her production where she played oh, yeah. the White Queen. Oh yeah, that's the hat. <laughs> I love the hat. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would buy the hat, and I think I would give it to you, Bonnie, and say you're ma- one of your many hats. You know, I wouldn't mind. Ha- thank you. Yes, yeah, so I wear many hats. I wouldn't mind having the tiara she wore in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. I'll tell you that. I mean, I'm I'm sure I couldn't afford it. I'd be way outbid, but that would be fun to have. I also think maybe I would try to get the wine glass that she had in her first scene in Thoroughly Modern Millie where she's like, raspberries. Yeah, yeah. And I think that (laughs) that is one of my favorite... Funny enough, that movie wasn't one of my favorite movies. Like, I think it's a, it wouldn't be one of my favorite movies if it wasn't for Carol Channing in that mm-hmm. movie. And it also has Mary Tyler Moore and mm-hmm. Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting cast. A very great cast. And I loved, uh, honestly, it's one of those, uh, Carol Channing's one of those artists where you've seen her in something. Yeah. Even if you don't Everybody's know Everybody's seen name, her somewhere. Yeah. You've seen her in something or you heard her voice. And surprisingly, like, I remember my first exposure to her was she I saw this movie that was kind of this ripoff of a uh, of a Disney movie called Happily Ever After. It's a unrecognized and Disney almost sued for this. It's an unrecognized sequel to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. This mm. company uh, called Filmation wanted to produce these animated film sequels to Disney movies as a way to make money or, you know, because they want to, mm-hmm. but in reality, it's for money. And the idea was to go ahead and just produce them. And what happened was that this movie failed at the box office because Disney pretty much sued them because they had used their images. But but if you go back and watch the movie, it doesn't feel like a sequel. Mm-hmm. But Carol Channing plays a character named Muddy, and that was my first exposure to her. Muddy, Muddy, I love that. and this character is one of the seven dwarf cousins. Okay, and her character throws mud a lot, and okay. that she <laughs> okay. lives in the mud. And okay. her main character arc is to be a supportive mother figure to a little to a. Uh, Tr- Tracy Ullman's character. This movie had a lot of celebrities. Tracy mm-hmm. Ullman shows up as Thunder <laughs> Thunderella, okay. who has this character arc about I have th- lightning powers and I'm going to save the day. And Muddy is sort of like her most supportive friend in uh-huh. the story. And that was my first time exposed to Carol Channing, and yeah. she didn't sing that much in it, and I yeah. was surprised. Yeah. By I, I was just surprised by how silly some of these movies were, and oh. Okay, I feel bad bringing this up, but Carol Channing, you know, she's done a lot of great music, but I think she did one of my least favorite movie songs of all time. Like, absolute no. Which was? And there's a movie called Thumberlina, and and she did a song called Marry the Mo, and it's one of the most... Marry the Mo? Mo, mold, like Mary the mold, like an actual mold. Oh, mo- oh M-O-L-E? Yes. Okay. And it, that song won worst original song at the Razzies. And I okay. recently saw it. And I thought, you know, Carol Channing can save a lot of things, but she can't save the song. Yeah. And bless her because she tried. <laughs> she tried, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I just saw, was it this past Sunday? Uh, either this past, maybe it was. Uh, they had an interview, a uh, feature story on Rich Little. And one of the voices he does is Carol Channing. And he does a great version of Carol Channing. I mean, really good. I have to check that out because I actually want to see that. And, you know, (laughs) and it's funny because, like, I've seen seen a lot of productions where 
she's I've seen I've seen I've listened to a lot of her productions and she just she has this very distinct voice but it doesn't feel like it's the same person you know what I mean like I don't know how to put it but I have seen like people like Katherine Hepburn who are talented and wonderful but it almost seems like they play the same person but not mm-hmm. Carol Channing like mm-hmm. her eccentric little characters all feel eccentric in their own little mm-hmm. tiny way but that's a tribute to her yeah absolutely and, and so that I honestly want to see like um I, w- I would like to go to this auction just to see because I want to see what's being sold. But is it, it's going to charity, right? Uh, yes, there it's going to either um, Broadway Cares or some of it anyway is going to Broadway Cares and Equity Fights AIDS along with Bennington College. Uh, it says a portion of the profits. So I don't, you know, the rest of it, I'm not sure. And so it's going to be online, but then... Uh, they're also going to do an in-person, well, in-person auction preview, uh, J- June seventh through the sixteenth. And again, for more information, you can go to www.abell.com. Should be interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, like, just in general, I think that it just, just to leave it at that, I think. I still kind of laugh at the fact that like her and Boris Rison had this minor, minor rivalry about Hello the movie Dolly. the po- hello dolly movie yeah and in yeah. hindsight i think that i i kind of feel like maybe that movie would have been more successful with carol channing in it even though barbara streisand was big at the time in the movies because of funny girl i still think when looking back at that movie's failure at the box office i think carol channing could have helped that movie out a little bit because mm-hmm. they could have advertised it as the next big star and she could have been a bigger movie star a mm-hmm. little bit sooner. Not to say that she wasn't a, yeah. a, a Broadway star or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. She certainly could have been a slightly... Uh, she could have been a bigger star at a, uh, at a sooner time. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I look back at that movie, I still would prefer Carol You Channing. know, it's interesting. We could do... One day we'll have to do a whole segment on this. Uh, that uh, Broadway... Uh, stars who did not get to do the movie. For instance, Julie Andrews did uh, My Fair Lady on Broadway. Audrey Hepburn did the movie. Uh, Barbara Cook did The Music Man on Broadway. Shirley Jones did the movie. So, you know, it's an interesting... That happens more than you think. Surprisingly, and I wanted to ask you in general, what are your thoughts... Just in general, since you brought it up, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like... Well, you know, first of all, it doesn't surprise me. Hollywood is Hollywood, and Hollywood's about bucks, about money, about the bottom line. And so obviously in those cases, somebody thought, well, this person uh, we think is maybe going to be better box office than that person. Um, So, you know, it's hard to say. It's really hard. I mean, I thought, now, of course, Audrey Hepburn's voice was dubbed. She did not sing in uh, My Fair Lady. Um, Shirley Joan did sing, but... um, it's hard to say, but you know, then there are some people where th- their persona and their aura does is great on Broadway, but maybe wouldn't fit quite as well on the screen. I don't know. You know, it's funny you bring this up because Ben Platt, who actually did Dear Evan Hansen, a show on Broadway, he for the most part is coming back to do the movie version. But I'm going to be honest and say this is one of the few times where I would recommend the Broadway production, uh, the movie production to not consider the Broadway cast because in this case I'll show you here but if our viewers at home want to see this is a I'm going to show Bonnie a photo of him on Broadway when he was a little bit younger Mm -hmm. and now that he's older this is him playing the same character now now at this age Mm -hmm. and a lot of people have felt that he doesn't really fit in anymore Mm -hmm. because he's too old to play a high schooler at this point and 
also it doesn't help that it doesn't help that he is given kind of a bad haircut that makes him look a little <laughs> too young like i feel bad saying yeah. that but yeah yeah i feel like you're right about that like it we can go ahead and say why didn't this broadway artist get to do the movie mm-hmm. But I don't think it should always be that way because sometimes, like you said, it just doesn't fit in yeah. the movie because mm-hmm. a movie is one way and t- and film. And you know what? Film is different, too. That's that, Yeah, it's very different. Uh, yeah, it's just different. And there's a certain you know, like, for instance, Barbara Cook and I love Barbara Cook. I'm not sure. I think I mean, I like Shirley Jones in The Music Man. She was fabulous. Uh, so. There's also yeah. that Madonna and Patti Lapone rivalry where she wanted to be in the movie and mm-hmm. she was considered too old because, you know, I was going to say Eva Peron died a little uh, a little young. She died young. Yeah, so, she, I think she was 30 something, wasn't she? I think. Yeah, I think she di- might have even died a Thir- little sooner. 33, 4, 5, 8, something like that. I think she was in her 30s. I'm pretty sure. I she, believe she had cancer. Ever kind of Perone died uh, at 33. Okay. And Patty Lapone was in her 40s. And I already know that there's like this conversation about how it's not right that we judge women harshly on their age. Of course, that's a conversation. But it's I feel, whole, yeah, yeah. But I feel like in this case, like Patty Lapone, I think she has a certain charisma on stage. Th- and when I see her on broad, and when I see her on television, she's a little bit more flamboyant it might not tra- and sometimes it doesn't always translate yeah and, yeah and i feel like the movie version made this decision about lowering down the music for madonna and when i watch the movie it feels powerful but it also feels you, emotional and you know i have my, my, my reservations about madonna i mean you know she's one of the best self-promoters in the history of time but you know there i have reservations about madonna but i thought she did a damn good job in that movie she yeah. really did and that was one of the few cases where, like, I don't, I don't know if I want to live in a world where the Madonna version of Evita doesn't exist because I feel like that movie made me love the show because mm-hmm. I've seen the show, I've listened to the show on tape and all that, and I thought it's fine, it's fine. But the way she sang it kind of spoke to me. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, also, and the the people were right. The, uh, chances are, you, there are a lot more people saw that movie because Madonna was in it than if Patti Lapone had been in it. Seriously, (laughs) some people just went because they like Madonna, you know, and they wanted to see if she would fail. You know, I mean, you thought there's a whole segment of Broadway people would have gone to see it because of Patti LuPone. But then you have a whole bunch of other people who saw it because of Madonna. And in some cases, like Mamma Mia, where they had a bunch of celebrities doing the musical. And I don't think all the celebrities sang very well, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I would say that that movie probably wouldn't be as popular without Meryl Streep and all those artists. uh, Yeah, I don't think so. Absolutely. But we definitely should have a... a, a segment yeah we gotta do a segment too and research how many times that has happened you know yeah absolutely and then decide and then make it sort of a game yeah, like who, judge who would have which been one was better yeah who was better who wore it better <laughs> who sang it better <laughs> all right we'll be back with more on the culture corner right after this
You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. All right, we've got some interesting news. Let's talk about the Sinead O'Connor book. So Sinead O'Connor put out a new book in which she recounts a lot of stuff that's happened in her life, like her conversion to Islam, which, you know, good for her if she finds, uh, if she definitely... Whatever wants, makes you happy. Right, you know? definitely. And I feel like when I look at interviews with her now compared to interviews before she converted, she, she seems happier now. So I'm glad about that. But I also wanted to bring up how throughout her life she actually was abused by her mother. She recounts that. She's also talked about the fact that she, she even said directly that her mother had a torture chamber. I haven't read the book, but oh that is some God. that is horrifying. And yeah. she's also said that, for example, <laughs> she, she's also recounted little things like her kissogram girl days where she would show up in a French maid outfit and sing like a dumb little poem to somebody. And she, she talks about fun stuff like that, too. But in one instance, she talks about a night that she spent with Prince. As many of you know, Prince released a song called Nothing Compares to You for mm-hmm. the Family, a side project. Didn't do anything, failed. Mm-hmm. But when Sinead O'Connor sang became it. Became a huge hit. Became a huge mm-hmm. hit. And I, I still think it's one of the best. I'm going to say one of the best songs of the 1990s. I certainly would say that. Okay. But what happened was that she got called over to his house and got a car and everything that was driven by a butler who happened to be Prince's brother. He was being used as a butler and apparently Prince wasn't very nice to him, but you'll have to read the book for those details. But apparently she went over to his house. There was no lights at the house, completely dark. And the butler, uh, Prince's brother said, he doesn't like the light. That's why there's no light here. And apparently she went over there and they, she, before she even went inside the house, she rang several times and no one answered. And when she did go in there, then that part about the house being dark. And then she was alone in a kitchen with a small breakfast bar and she didn't hear anything. And then Prince came in and asked if she wanted to drink and all that. And then they sort of had this weird, awkward confrontation about she felt very trapped mm-hmm. like it was just this conversation where it's like i don't know if you've ever been to a space where someone makes you uncomfortable and you're like you know what i i want to leave uh, absolutely absolutely <laughs> i think everyone's yeah. had that moment and she apparently was talking to him and he said i don't know where i don't like your language i don't like the language you speak in in the press and because she was irish you know she didn't she actually said you mean English, but <laughs> I can't speak. Mm. I, I can speak English. I mm. just don't. I, I got the Irish beat out of me. And mm-hmm. she said, and he said, no, you cuss too much. Or that apparently like she, mm-hmm. he didn't like the fact that she swore. Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't work for you. You can go ahead and mm-hmm. leave or F off about it. Mm-hmm. And she and he actually said that he was very pissed off about it. And so. They eventually sat at a table, a small table with no light, and he was yelling at this ma- at his butler, at the butler, and basically he forced him to serve O'Connor soup, and she didn't want to eat. She didn't eat anything, and said, and she honestly felt very uncomfortable about it. And one instance was that he 
left the room and came in with two pillows and tried to liven up the mood like hey let's have a pillow fight and apparently there was a brick inside his pillow and he hit her with it. <gasps> You're kidding. Wow. What a sicko. <laughs> and that she actually ran out the door and she tr- and she s- managed to get away. And when she was trying to hitchhike away from the place, he actually drove next to her and got out of the car and tried to force her to get inside the car and chased her around. Eventually, um, somewhere along the lines, she managed to get away and find a found a dark I think she ma- she just managed to get away and found someone to be able to help her out like she actually rang the bell and at a neighbor's she, house at a neighbor's house and yeah. Prince was apparently scared and drove away and she managed to walk home boy he's even weirder than I thought he was yeah <laughs> wow and one of the things was that um, apparently she told her manager and the manager who had been Prince's manager actually said that he he went berserk when he heard that story and she never got to see prince again because she never saw him again and she Mm -hmm. actually calls him the devil in the book Mm. because for her like uh, it was i imagine it's one of the scariest things you can do it sounds a little terrifying that is terrifying but you know what it's not even the first time i've heard that prince has been like that i've heard some really questionable things he was he he had some demons he was a weird guy from what i've read and also in the book she also talks about her reasons for tearing up the photo mm-hmm. on SNL. So she teared up the photo of the, the pope. pope. And one of the thing, and she mentioned how she wanted to talk about the lack of action towards this sexual assault or sexual for, abuse. For priests, for little kids, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and looking back at it, I think that that was, uh, more, I think a lot of people have said, you know, that's probably more noble than any, than she was kind of ahead of her time. She was talking about it before some other people really wanted to. Yeah. No, yeah. and I agree with you because, like, I think looking back at it, it's like I hear about it now more nowadays. Much I've, more. Yeah. I don't know if you've listened to the radio, but have you ever caught those ads about if you've ever been assaulted yeah. by the church, please mm-hmm. do this and mm-hmm. that? I called us. And I was surprised that I heard that a lot. And I said to someone, you know, Shanae Connor definitely tried to sound the alarm. But nobody wanted to listen. I think for the sad part is that I think sometimes we look at the shock value, but we don't really look at what's underneath it. I don't think we really ask that question. And she also recalls the fact that she cried at a concert because she did that performance. And then a few weeks later, she did a Bob Dylan tribute concert and she was booed off stage. (laughs) And it was one of the most... And when you look back at the video, it's actually kind of sad. Yeah. But I want yeah. to get your thoughts on uh, everything that's going on with Shanae O'Connor. Uh, well, and but she's not doing, other than the book, she's not really performing much now or anything, is she? I, 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 even though she converted to Islam, she still performs like some of her songs during her non-Islamic yeah. days. I know some people, when they convert to religion, they don't want to play music right, from right. Mm-hmm. the past. But she's still... Uh, she still performs nothing compares to you she actually yeah. did a performance a few uh, a few times and she actually does still record music under her actual birth name which is Shonae O'Connor she changed her name to Magda David and then if, I think she actually her new name is like uh, Shuhada Shadat okay so, you know a, a couple things um I mean, she's another one that I think has some, a lot of demons. Okay, she's, you know, I don't know if she's had any therapy. Probably could stand, especially if her mother really had a torture chamber. Um, and, you know, when you, people like that, performers like that, 
I've never been a huge Nita Connor fan, but I hope she's okay. I hope she finds peace. Um, I think you're right with the Pope thing. That was maybe a little bit too bold at the time, but yes, yeah, you're right. She started to bring the light to that subject. But you know what? I um, and some people, I think your Dharma, your Dharma, your path in life isn't meant to be a huge thing. You're maybe meant to go over to the side over here. But you know, I just I think everyone has the right to freedom of expression, and I hope she's found some peace in her life right now. Agreed. That's what I can and, say. and like she said once, she didn't even think of herself as someone that could be a big pop star. So yeah. maybe in many ways this was it was her the space. better pay- path for her to take. Yeah, who knows? So. All right, we'll be back. We're gonna come back uh, next hour. We're gonna have Marianne Help and a wonderful. No, I take it back. No, we're not. We're gonna have David Cohen, <laughs> uh, Vice President of CV Rep, telling us all about what's happening in theater in just a bit. <laughs> 